Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Well, people around the world have been impressed with the leadership of Ukrainian President Zelensky. But how did he rally the world to impose such strict sanctions on Russia? What does that all mean for the Russian economy and for, of course, the citizens of Russia? Really pleased to have joining us on the show today, Ellen Nakashima, a national security reporter for The Washington Post. Ellen, thanks for jumping on with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so so you focused on, uh, obviously, we're all looking at these historic sanctions, and, and normally Europe and, and the U.S., they move really slow on these kind of things, but it moved quickly, and you said it really came down to a, a phone call. Tell us about it. Absolutely. The leaders of the European Union and the United States were talking by video conference on Thursday. They've been having daily video calls to discuss how to respond to Russian's aggression and to punish it. And the talks, as you noted, were moving towards stronger sanctions, but they stopped short of some of the the most severe punishments, like uh, freezing Russia's access to its central bank foreign exchange reserves and knocking off some of its uh, banks from the international global financial payment system known as SWIFT or messaging system known as SWIFT. And that's where that we were on late on Thursday night when a uh, when they got a phone call, video phone call from President Zelensky of Ukraine, who who dialed in, and it was only about a five minute uh, address to them. But in those five minutes, he really moved things. He he swung them around. He made an emotional appeal to them, where he said, "Look." We are, we are your, we we are moving towards towards Europe. We are dying here in in Ukraine uh, for European ideals. Mm-hmm. We're sending our our sons and daughters in, into the streets, <laughs> armed to to fight for these ideals. Let us know if you are if you support us, if you support the idea of Ukraine becoming part of Europe. And he also made an appeal to, to, if that's how you feel, then show your support. Mm. And I was told that some of the, the top leaders who were in, in this room were so moved. I mean, later, you know, some of them were basically had tears in their eyes. Yeah. And shortly after that, they moved not only to, uh, you know, sanction Vladimir Putin himself, but to knock some of the largest Russian banks off SWIFT. And to do the most severe sanction uh, right now that one can think of, it, it was to basically freeze all of the uh, transactions for from a Russian central bank yeah. with its uh, foreign exchange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, it's so, such an amazing thing for him to you know to call in from the battlefield in in Kiev. Uh, to make that impassioned plea. One of the things that I've been really fascinated by is, of course, you know, early on a lot of people were saying, oh, uh, Zelensky is in over his head. He's a former comedian. 
you know, he doesn't get any of this. And, and as he's risen to the moment, I actually think there's a, a lot that he understands because he's a comedian uh, in terms of timing and messaging and, uh, and how you frame things. Uh, he, he's been very good in the timing of his message and the content of his message, some of which are only one-liners, like, I, I don't need a ride, <laughs> you know, I need, I need ammunition. I need arms and ammunition, exactly. And, uh, absolutely right. He has stunned, uh, uh, you know, the other leaders in other countries and, and onlookers who are were sort of thinking, hmm, yeah, he's, he's a middling leader, but he has risen to the occasion. It's as if he has found his voice and his his purpose and his calling. And you're absolutely right about that. In fact, the U.S. and other uh, countries were willing to to fly him out to safety, to evacuate him. And he said, no, I'm I'm staying right here where I'm needed. I'm staying here and I'll go down fighting if need be here in Ukraine where I belong. Yeah, and so often we we hear that moments like this, you know, that the moment makes the leader. Uh, but I think it's more of a, a reveal. I don't think the moment makes the person. I think the moment reveals the person, and I think that's been interesting. It's also caused some interesting challenges, I think, for President Biden and his administration uh, as the pace that has picked up. The the U.S. seems to be scrambling a little bit, uh, almost feeling like we're leading from the middle or leading from behind uh, on some of these things. Yeah, well, it's interesting that the United States and Britain had been among the most uh, vocal and forward-leaning, right, in pushing for uh, not only, you know pushing for strong sanctions and and responses, but also being the most vocal about the threat of invasion before uh, Russia actually invaded. If you'll recall, I mean, it was really the U.S. and Britain who were sounding the loudest notes of alarm, making public, declassifying in extraordinary moves in real time, declassifying intelligence about Moscow's moves and the, the numbers of troops that were basking on the borders, all of these plots that uh, the Putin was trying to, you know, might undertake to, to fabricate a pretext. And it was being met with some, some mix of, of skepticism uh, including in, in Ukraine by those Zelensky himself, and then notably by France and, and Germany. But once once the invasion happened, and once we saw right, the actual, you saw the columns, uh, armored columns advancing, you saw the tanks, you saw the, 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 the rockets hitting the civilians, you know, apartment buildings and people dying, it, it could no longer be ignored. And I think that brought it home, really, in a yeah. way to the Europeans. That combined with Zelensky's incredible uh, you know, skills, his, his video messages that he's putting out daily, that, that was a masterstroke. Yeah, absolutely. Ellen, one last question for you before I let you go. Uh, as you look ahead, what's something that's on your radar or something you think that's one of those – be, kind of beyond the headlines, things that you're watching for in the days ahead, especially as it relates to President Zelensky and his leadership? Well, right now, he um, seems to have been fairly successful in, I mean, look at this. Now, not, not only are the Europeans uh, throwing in on sanctions that they really never thought they would you'd see them do before, and in fact, the Germans have that they're yeah. stopping Nord Stream 2. The European Union, which is really primarily a trade union at heart, is talking about sending fighter jets 
right. the Ukraine. It's arming right. Ukraine. This is how much this has been a sea change, right, in, in Europe. It's, it's, it can't be, you know, emphasized enough. So whether or not that changes the calculation of the equation mm-hmm. in Ukraine, we'll see. But I think this has also really elevated uh, President Zelensky and united the country behind him. There were a number of people who were lukewarm on him or mm-hmm. maybe even opposed to him. But seeing his leadership now as a war leader, they, they are now all sort of united behind him. And yeah. I think that, that's been notable. Yeah, fantastic. Ellen Nakashima is a national security reporter for The Washington Post. Appreciate you joining us today. Always appreciate your insight, your writing. Uh, we'll have you back on real soon. Thank you so much. All right, again, that's Ellen Nakashima from uh, The Washington Post and a great perspective there. And uh, I think the one thing that this demonstrates is the power of leadership. And what President Zelensky has done is lead. And he's led not with a superior army, not with superior weaponry, but with a communication strategy equal to the moment. And it's not just about getting likes on social media. It's not just about trying to raise money. Uh, He is doing things that authentic leaders do, and that is to not be content with the status quo, to challenge people to live up to the principles they profess to believe. I think his dialing in to that meeting of the EU from the battlefield and making that impassioned plea of, look, my people are out here dying for your values and your ideals. And if you think that's the good thing, if you actually believe in that, you need to help us. That's what leadership looks like. That's what it sounds like. We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we'll take a look at President Biden's big day tomorrow. State of the Union's coming up. We'll break it down next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.